We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app attention terrorists hold on here's tara's daily rant Good morning. Greenville attorney Robin Ario joins us to talk about the Alec Murdoch trial. If you could bring him up, Tim, that'd be great. Good, Good morning, morning, Rob. Sarah. Hey. So, okay. Um, some shocking video in the courtroom yesterday. Alec Murdoch standing over the bodies of his dead wife and dead son. He cried over that in court. The autopsy pictures that upset him deeply. And you could see that in court. But what was so weird was the video of him at the scene standing over the bodies. And he's not crying at all. Yeah. Um, Jarring juxtaposition yesterday. That will likely be argued that he was still in a state of shock. I, I found yesterday to be one of the most boring, also one of the most interesting, and one of the most shocking days. Um a lot of the DNA evidence was incredibly boring, but it came to light upon cross-examination that none of the 74 stains that were tested on his shirt came back for blood. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. You, I couldn't. Hold the, on. Stop a second. None of the 74 stains on the shirt. What? I couldn't hear you. Oh, sorry. Um, so they tested the shirt for 74 uh-huh. stains that they found. This is Alex's shirt. were positive for blood. Wow. Okay. So none of the stains on Alex's shirt were positive for blood? Correct. Now, that could feed into a theory that he's changed shirts or washed a shirt, um, any number of things, but that's going to be a big win for the defense. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The most interesting part, and, you know, in one part I see why the prosecution did it, but another reason I think I would have objected if I was the defense is getting into the graphic testimony about the injuries and wounds suffered by Maggie and Paul. Um, We know that they have deceased. We know that they deceased from gunshot wounds. And I think the defense is going to focus in on some of the angles of those wounds to try to build up the two-shooter theory or something better like that. I'm very interested to see the cross-examination of the medical examiner this morning. And again, part of what was so interesting with that video is that you have Murdaugh, Alec Murdaugh, standing over the the bodies, and he is trying to assure investigators that, you know, this must have been done by somebody else. Yep, and that's what the the prosecution is going to focus in on. Um, They'll say that he was cold-blooded. He was immediately trying to deflect. The defense will say that he is in shock and looking for answers and trying to figure out who it might be. Uh, I really do not envy the jury at all in this trial. That is tough. That is tough. 
What should we be on the lookout for today, Robin Ario? Um, well, as mentioned, the cross-examination of the medical officer, I think they're going to focus in on the angles of the gunshot wounds to show that it's possibly two shooters or in some way try to eliminate Alex. We're supposed to be hearing from an uh, expert from General Motors, not expert, but somebody laid a foundation for the GPS technology in Alex's Suburban um, that all of a sudden became available, although it was not available months ago. Um, both sides have said that they believe that's going to be um, backing up the timeline that's already established, but I think there's going to be a little bit more to that. Um, the data not only includes GPS location, but doors being unlocked, cars being put in drive, park, reverse, adjustments of everything. So I think that'll be interesting to see if anything comes from that. And then we still have to wait and see, is Cousin Eddie going to testify? Um, I've heard that he is. I read from one source last night that they're thinking they're not going to call him because he's too questionable, too wishy-washy. But I still don't see a smoking gun, and the state's running out of time to put forward the smoking gun, the absolute evidence, the we gotcha. Because when the state wraps on Wednesday, um, tomorrow, if they wrap as projected, it's going to go to the defense. And the state doesn't have anything. They've got a lot of circumstantial evidence, but they don't have anything concrete. We have a lot of unusual behavior. But unusual behavior doesn't make someone a murderer. I guarantee you no one on that jury has ever found their wife and child shot to death. So unusual behavior doesn't get you there. The financial crimes, it may get you there, but it's a bit of an unusual motive. I think when the defense takes over later this week, we're going to see the forensics. Um, they're going to see their own cell phone expert to distort or dispute that data. We're going to see our own DNA expert to go forward and show that Nothing really matters as far as what's been put forward by the state. And I have heard from a solid source that they have Alex prepared to take the stand. That'll be fascinating. Yeah, I believe that Alex taking the stand, if, if it was me doing the defense, I would have Alex as the last witness. I would want that to be my big moment before we go into closing arguments. To me, Rob, I, I, if I were on the jury, I think the to me the most compelling thing so far would have to be the timeline um, you know, that he was at that scene five minutes before the murder, um, but yeah. said he was not. And yeah, we can put him there. Put Alex up. What'd you say? I think that's why they're going to have to put Alex up because there's going to have to be some sort of a reconciliation with that timeline. Yep. Either Alex saying he was mistaken due to the shock or I, I can't even fathom it, other explanations, but that's that's the strongest part of this case against Alex is that his alibi that he doubled down on in his second interview doesn't hold up when you look at Paul's video and the numerous witnesses that identified that as Alex's voice on that video. Robin Ario, you're an intern. You've been doing this for a long time. You said you don't envy the jury. Do you think they could possibly find him not guilty of this crime? I do. Um, yeah, as an attorney, we're trained to put logic over emotion. Uh, emotionally, it certainly looks like Alex did it. My emotional opinion is Alex did it. But when we look at the logic and we're looking at guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, I don't know if we're going to get there. Um, something that I always stress in my arguments to a jury is that beyond a reasonable doubt is the holiest of holies of the burden of proof. Yeah. If we were to look at child custody and family court, 
That is just clear and convincing evidence. That is the burden. That means that more likely than not, one parrot is more fit than another. So in order to convict somebody of a crime, you need stronger evidence and more conviction of their guilt than a judge needs to take a child from a loving parent. So it's going to be a very hard burden for the jury to find it beyond a reasonable doubt because I'm not seeing anything there that has convinced me it's him. Um, The alibi is the, the biggest weakness of his case, but there's still no proverbial smoking gun. Interesting. But you said you talked about how, you know, you were trained as an attorney to think logically. Do juries do that most of the time? Or are they more swayed by emotional arguments in your experience? Um, I, I've seen both. I have had cases where I thought my client was absolutely guilty and we went to trial simply because the plea offer was unacceptable. And the jury has come back not guilty. Um, I've seen cases where I was convinced my client was innocent, but Either my client had a gruff personality or there was something, for example, if a client was leaving his girlfriend's house to go home to his wife. You know, yeah. those emotional types of things will really taint a jury, but it, it's tough, um, especially when you're dealing with a small-town jury. And I don't want to pick on the people of Colleton, but demographically, they're generally of lower education, lower income. It's more of a working-class type of person. And they may very well go for the emotional arguments of who could kill his wife and son in such a manner. Um, you know, you, we saw Alex yesterday and it was the most disturbed I've ever seen the man. Um, his most disturbed I think I've ever seen anybody, but in all fairness, I've never seen anybody looking at pictures of their murdered wife and child before either. So he, he was very emotionally upset. I think the defense will focus in on his reaction as part of their closing argument to say a man that's this upset couldn't possibly have done it. And it's easy to forget now, Rob, but for a long time, the, how should I put, the the cast of the coverage of this, this whole Murdoch thing, right? The assumption, I remember for months in the media, was that there was such a trail of dead bodies behind the Murdoch family. Mm -hmm. Um, Mallory Beach, the housekeeper, um, the homosexual young man who died under strange circumstances. The assumption was for months in the media, and it's what I assumed that someone went and killed the Paul in revenge because Paul uh, was involved in the Mallory Beach situation. That there must be a very long list of suspects. Maybe any family member of any of these people. Um, and that's what I assumed for the longest time. I didn't think Alec Murdoch. So that's how the coverage went. People forget that. But there was months of coverage like that where it was a true who done it, and there was so many people that could have done it, given the long string of bodies and financial crimes behind the Murdaws, um, that, you know, that, that Alec left in his wake, that, 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 you know, Buster and Paul left in their wake, um, that it was assumed somebody uh, did this out of revenge. That's a lot of coverage. That's a lot of assumptions. So to think that isn't out of the norm, the media did for a very long time before they turned on Alec. They did. Um, and that's one of the public perceptions. You know, the jurors before they were selected for a jury were just members of the community and they were all following this. So the jury's likely aware of some of the surrounding issues, but uh, a good defense attorney takes what he has to work with and turns it into something great. If I was going to put forth a reasonable, plausible scenario, it would be that somebody wanted to get revenge against Alex. Somebody was hiding, waiting for the moment for Alex to leave. As soon as Alex leaves, they murder his wife and family so that he comes home and finds them and created some sort of 
either evil vigilante justice or something gang-related, drug-related. Um, that would be an explanation that gets through Alex's alibi issue. He was wrong on that, but he left at this point in time, and a few moments later, Paul and Maggie were shot. And right. I, I think I really think the medical examiner is going to shed a lot of light on things through the cross-examination because something that stuck out to me was the the order of the shots and the distance. Um, Paul was shot in his right side first and then shot in his left side while looking at his killer. So one shot would have turned him around. Uh, Maggie was shot in her leg and her abdomen first at close range, according to this uh, stippling, which is where the gunpowder comes along with the projectile and kind of makes a little pattern around the entry wound. So she was shot twice with a disabling shot. And then she was shot as she was falling over uh, through her breast up into her chin, into her head. And then the, and so that indicates that she was running from her killer. And then her killer comes around to the top of her head as she's laying on the ground and fires a shot that goes downward. So absolutely it was an execution. Um, but it would indicate to me that Paul was caught by surprise and Maggie was probably coming to see what the ruckus was ran into the killer and well she met her untimely demise but that could work into a single shooter theory a dual shooter theory it could work into a number of things and i, I think that the cross-examination of the medical examiner is going to be big for how the defense develops her closing robin ario i'm also wondering too what the months of murder hatred in that area because you know the anger over the death of mallory beach the civil case, I mean, the coverage of this family was incredibly negative before Paul ever turned up dead, before Maggie ever turned up dead. And it was specifically incredibly negative toward Paul, but also this idea that because of who the family was, they were able to get him off uh, for the death of Mallory Beach. So, I mean, all that's going to weigh in on, you know, can people see Paul as a victim? This is fascinating. Robin Ario, you do a great job. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on 106.3 WORD. Terrorists want to hear the Terra Show weekday mornings on 1063 WORD and the Odyssey app.